Okay. Want me to open in prayer? Go ahead. Father, we thank you for this word that you've given us to proclaim boldly by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we welcome the Holy Spirit. And we yield ourselves over to the Holy Spirit. And we ask you to teach through us this morning. And I thank you, Father God, that this word, this seed, will fall upon good ground, good soil, as it goes over the airways, as it's being taught. You know who will hear it, and you know who, will, who it will affect. And I'm asking you, Father God, that this word will set captives free. That this word is sent to draw us into a relationship with you that will see us through every circumstance and every situation that will come our way. For I thank you, Lord, that we press on to the mark of high calling. We take the word of faith. And your word says, because of your word, Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in us than he, than he that's in the world. So I thank you, Father God, that this word was sent by you, God, and all your power is behind your word. So as we proclaim it today, the power of God goes forth and it moves. It moves situations and circumstances. It moves mountains. And so God, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> Let's start off with a nugget this morning. An apology is good, or is a good way. An apology is a good way to have the last word. <laughs> okay, last week we started uh, keeping the foundation uh, because a lot of Christians uh, are being deceived and uh, we need to refocus on what the Word of God is telling us. So uh, for today, we'll be uh, looking at the foundation, would be the title of this. Uh, again, last week we began to look at the foundation principles that, that Christians should firmly establish in their lives and have them abiding. And we said that, uh, or we found out that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So glory to God. We know that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. 
And we also need to take heed to this one since we are looking at foundational scriptures. We need to go to the book of Hosea at this point. That's right after the book of Daniel. This is going to be Hosea chapter 4. Very familiar um, scripture. That's Hosea chapter 4. And looking at verse 6, I'll read it first from the uh, King James. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. Thou, ha thou shalt be no priest to, to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. From the Amplified it reads, "My this is verse 6, chapter 4 of Hosea. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you, the priestly nation, have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you, that you will be no priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. Wow. This is something that we have to be aware of. When we forget God's word, things begin to happen. Um, now, I said we're going to kind of tour the, tour the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, so uh, get ready. Uh, there are two distinct uh, divisions in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic, or Aramaic, I can't pronounce it. Aramaic. Aramaic, there you go. And the New Testament was written, written in Greek. The Old Testament has 39 books, while the New Testament has 27 books. Each of the Testaments, the Old and New, are divided into five divisions. So we're going to look at the five divisions right now. The Old Testament, to begin with, uh, has the five books of Moses, which are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They all, the, the uh, Hebrews call it the Torah, the law, or instructions. Later on, some of you may have heard, um, it's called the Pentateuch, which is a Greek, which means five vessels, five containers, five scrolls, or, five, or a five-volume book. Uh, these books uh, repre represent uh, or relate to uh, Israel's law and moral lifestyle, okay? Within the books we find creation, the origin of sin, God's plan for redemption, a call to faith and relationship. We are given the Ten Commandments to which we, uh, uh, to which we are to address life affairs for conduct. This was created to give men harmony with God and man. Glory to God. So the Ten Commandments can be found in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses uh, uh, 3 through 17, and in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. And uh, we'll just I have these written down. The first one, thou shalt not have uh, no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. Second commandment, thou shalt not take unto thee any uh, graven, uh, graven images. Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And number uh, four, remember the Sabbath day and uh, to keep it holy. Those were all related to God. Then we find the remainers, remaining uh, commandments uh, is the family and those around you or other people. Uh, honor thy father and mother, number five. Uh, number six, 
thou shalt not kill. Actually, that was misinterpreted. It means thou shalt not murder. There's a difference between killing and murder. Okay. Number uh, six, thou shalt not commit adultery. Seven, wait a minute, uh, that's uh, six. Seven, pardon me. Eight, thou shalt not steal. Uh, nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. And ten, thou shalt not covet. So that's what that runs forth. Now, uh, just speaking on the Ten Commandments, um, I want to take a look at our nation. In the state of Kentucky, uh, they put on trial the Ten Commandments, outlawing them uh, to be posted in all schoolrooms. Um, on the 17th of November, 1980, the Supreme Court case Stone versus Graham in a, four, a five to four decision for Stone. Stone was against the, having the Ten Commandments in, in uh, all classes. Said uh, the, the, the Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional to post the Ten Commandments and make it a law of the land. <coughs> the Supreme Court's decision proclaimed that, quote, this is a quote, if the, if the posted com copies of the Ten Commandments are to have any effect at all, it will, to be, it, it will be to induce school children to read, to meditate upon, perhaps venerate, and obey the commandments. However de desirable this might be as a matter of private devotion, it is not permissible state objective under the establishment cause. Um, so that's why we don't have uh, Ten Commandments posted in any schools anymore. This is a sad and ill-advised decision that has let the devil run loose rampant in our schools. Okay? Man's stupidity of triumphing over God's has brought us the horrors of such as Columbine, Sandy Hook and hundreds of other tragic events in our schools by not having the Ten Commandments displayed where students could read the values set by God. Okay? We need to pray that God will implement quickly. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 1. Can you look at this? This is so sad that that's why the children most children of today rebellious they have problems with lying and deception and and all all types of problems because this was taken out you know it's sad you want to sit here really and cry when you read this because it has let the devil run loose and rampant in our schools thank god for christian schools seriously thank god for christian schools most kids will fight with you to, when you tell them you're going to put them there, but every child I've seen that's gone, I'm going to, I'm going to uplift Valley Faith, BCA. I have sent several children, told their parents, you want to change? Send your kids there. And every one of those parents came back and thanked me for the change in their children what it did for their education. It, 
you know, the morals that are, that are, are given there. I mean, we, sure, we have some doctrinal disagreements, but those little kids in the preschool there are taught, thank you, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They're taught not to lie. They're taught, they're taught the gospel. They're taught the commandments from a very little age up. And most of those kids that are in that high school started in preschool and went right on through to high school. So what a difference. Now, I, I know we personally spent a fortune in sending our kids to Christian schools, and it was worth it. We, it had to, you know, I had to budget it. When you send three of them, it, it's, it's an expense. But thank God, they learn the Ten Commandments. They learn about God. You don't learn about God in school unless you have a Christian teacher. And then if that Christian teacher is caught, they are reprimanded. So I just wanted to share that. I, you know, I believe in giving honor where honor is due. And they've done a good job over there. They really have. Okay, sweetheart. Okay, again, we need to pray that God will implement quickly Isaiah chapter 1, verse 26. It says, And I will restore thy judges as at the first and they and thy counselors and as the beginning afterwards thou shalt be called a city of righteousness a faithful city that means we need to bring back soundness <coughs> and godly wisdom into our judicial system the courts have run amok with ungodly and worldly decisions that are detrimental to our lives and our country um, some of the latest judgments uh, that have been passed on this country are uh, slap and spit in God's face, what they say. It's true. Um, okay. That's, <laughs> you're going to get bits and pieces like this all the way through on, on different things that, uh, as we go. Now, the, the next thing is um, uh, after those first four books, we, we have 12 historical books. Those are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, ne Nehemiah, and Esther. Uh, these books are the history of Israel, the Jewish race in its beginnings, its development, its strengths, its weaknesses, and its stand before God. That's just a synopsis of what each those twelve books are. Um, the book of Joshua describes the conquest of the land of Canaan under the leadership of Joshua. The book of Judges, like I said, you're going to get a whole slew of these. Uh, judges, uh, the people become very disorganized after conquest of Canaan. Those that are reading through the Bible this year, you've noticed this. Spiritual confusion prevailed. Every man did that which is right in his own sight. Uh, that uh, is a quote out of Judges chapter 17, verse 6. Every man did that which is right in his own sight. This was Israel's blackest page in history, a nation that was in disarray, in idolatry, and everything else. And right after Judges, anybody can tell me what the next book is? Ruth. Ruth. Ruth, the book of Ruth is a love story in the turbulent period of Judges, or a turbulent time of Judges. Um, Boaz, the son of Rahab, Rahab being the harlot <laughs> that was in Jericho. Um, 
has the right to be a kinsman redeemer and marries Ruth, who is a heathen girl uh, uh, from Moab. And actually, Moab is one of the uh, uh, countries that was sired by Lot, one of Lot's daughters. Okay? Uh, uh, Ruth and Bob have, one, uh, have a child named Obed, Obed, who fathered Jesse. Jesse fathered David, who would become king of Israel. Okay. Book, the books of First uh, and Second Samuel. A young boy, Samuel, is given, by his, uh, given to God by his mother, Hannah. He was destined to become one of uh, the greatest leaders. He was a judge, a prophet, and a priest of the Old Testament. The people wanted a king. Saul, king Saul was uh, elected or put in position, but he proved to be very, very disappointing and disobedient to God. In 2 Samuel, it tells the career of David. Um, I first, should read that. Uh, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 13. I'm going to, while you're turning there, I'm going to share. You know, it's good to go back and read the Bible this way. In other words, you go ahead and read the the first books, the five books of Moses, and then the 12 historical books. When you read them, you really get the context. When you read them in that context, you get, you get what God is telling people, telling them, and how to live, and, and how, they, how they succeeded or failed. God, in history, and I like to go back there and read it like this. And so I can, you know, I underline these things and, and look at these things where they made their mistakes. So I won't. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I, you know, I can't say I haven't made some of those mistakes. But if you read these, the, the way they were put into the Word and why they were put this way, it will help you have a clear understanding of the Word of God, of the Old Testament especially. Okay. First Samuel 13. First Samuel 13 verses. Uh, this is when uh, Saul wa was disposed, deposed of uh, his uh, position as uh, king. In verse 14, this is uh, Samuel uh, that is talking to Saul. Oh, well, let's go to verse 13. And Samuel said unto Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now it would be, uh, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart. And that's speaking of David. The Lord sought a man after his own heart. And then you find that in also uh, in the New Testament where it says that uh, David had a heart for God. And the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord has commanded thee. Wow. And God made a special covenant with David. Let's go to, uh, you can go to Second Samuel, chapter 7. It reads from verse 8 through uh, 17. This is where God tells David, if you'll follow my precepts, your kingdom will last forever. And that's where uh, Jesus comes in. 
Like okay. Samuel. You want me to read that? You want to read it all? Sure, I'll do okay, it. Okay, sure. Second That's Samuel. Seven. Second Samuel chapter 7, uh, beginning in verse 8 through 17. So now say this, my servant David. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I was with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make you a great name, that like that of a great man of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. A wicked man shall afflict them no more as formerly. And as from the time that I appoint judges over my people Israel, and I will cause you to rest from all your enemies, and the Lord declares to you that he will make you a house. And when your days are fulfilled and, you're, and you sleep with your fathers, I will set up after you your offspring, who shall be born to you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and my presence, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. How much further do you want? Okay. And I will be his father, and he shall be my son. When he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the sons of men, but my mercy and loving kindness shall not depart from him as I took them from Saul, who I took away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever. Before you, your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. That's it, right? Yep. Okay. So is that, there's that covenant that David's kingdom would last forever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, in First um, and Second Kings now, um, records David's death and Solomon's reign. Solomon began his rule with great glory, but ended in disgrace. It was those women. <laughs> Solomon's uh, spiritual compromise set the stage for most of the following kings of Israel. If, you, if you've read that, you'll see that one, one king was fairly good, then their kids were all rotten. That shows you that uh, we need to train up a child in the way they should go so they will not depart. There's only one, I think it was two, one king that had his son that followed through on, on some good stuff. The rest of them were just... Just bad. So uh, it shows you that we need to raise our children correctly. Um, see. Uh, hu we find out human governments are, are, are faulty at their best when God is not included in the scheme of things. How true. We are throwing out God. We have thrown out God in our country uh, in the last 40 year, 50 years. And we're seeing our, our country decline rapidly because we have done so. And this is, you can see the, the things unraveled because we are not honoring God anymore in our country. Can I share just a little go bit? Ahead, go for it. I, I'll tell you, people are really hungry. And um, 
It was amazing to me. We have our, the people that come in and clean our house once a week. There's three of them, and they're Hispanic. And they don't speak English. She does, but he doesn't. And he comes in, and I start talking to him about the Lord. They, they go to a church in town, a Hispanic church. But they don't have a lot of the word. And so we were sharing the other day, and, and he likes to stay in there and clean where I am. And um, he, it, we were talking about something, and he said, well, just one is okay, right? And I said, if you have to question me on one being okay, then I said, is it okay to just go out and commit adultery once? And he looked at me and so we gathered them all in there. It was amazing. After they were done, he said, can we sit down in here? And so he asked me, you know, with all of them, they, all three of them were in there. He started asking me questions to explain the word to him. And uh, it was just amazing to me how hungry, church people are hungry out there. I'm telling you right now. I wish I could speak Spanish. We'd be having Spanish services um, they're so hungry. I mean, they just sat down at my feet and let me share the word with them. And there were things that, that they, they didn't know. And, you know, that, I don't know if you know how privileged we are to know the word like we do. Ser I'm seriously, if, if I were to bring in the, the thank yous and the reports from the church in Oregon that come every week in the mail, You'd be amazed what God is doing and very proud of your sister on what she's doing. Praise God to prepare for this. But people are hungry right now. It just amazed me. I'm like, I'm sitting here with these people in my living room thinking, well, I'm not going to take people out of their church because I'm not a proselyter, but wow, should we just open up another church here? And, and uh, Because they just want to sit there and I'm like, okay, we need to go home pretty soon here. But they're hungry. And they don't. They didn't. They don't know all this. They don't. They don't know holiness and what God expects because they're they're being taught just parts Tradition. of the word, just parts of it. And we need to be taught the whole word, all of it. And I'm I'm grateful for Pastor that he made a decision. Gosh, when was it? 1970. Eight, I guess, six, seven, somewhere around there that we were going to preach the uncompromised word no matter what. And he just kind of drug me along with him at first because I was kicking and fighting, saying, that's not true. You're nuts. I what? I told him, you're nuts. What you believe is nuts until I got healed. Then I knew he was nuts. That, yeah, God is the healer. And so... Think about this as we read through this, and, and I know you're thinking, oh, this doesn't sound real interesting. This is interesting to me because it's history. You're learning about why these books were put here and for what reason and for what purpose for us. Amen? Okay, let's go to the next okay, one. Second, in Second Kings... Um it records the tragic events of the of the divided kingdom. Remember, it was a northern Judah and Israel, so uh, they were divided until uh, Israel's fall. And nation this the nation abandons its heritage and loses its ability to discern between right and wrong. The people have forsaken God. Does that sound familiar? 
Wow. So I think if you haven't been praying for our nation, you better get with it. Amen. Um, because it says a nation that abandoned its heritage, talking about spiritual heritage, loses its ability to discern between right and wrong, and we see all wrong is now right. Um, Look at the back of your dollar. In God we what? We trust. Okay, in First and Second Chronicles, it retells a story with God being constantly involved with his people. Second Chronicle teaches us the path back to God begins with genuine repentance and a, and a desire to restore God's uh, original pattern. So uh, hopefully we can get to that point in our country that we will have genuine uh, repentance throughout our country and restore uh, God's pattern for this nation because it was established on godly principles. Thank you for all the amens. Amen. You know, um, I'm going to, can I cut in here a little? Billy Graham is doing something this fall, and I really believe he's pretty much said, this is the last thing I'm going to do. This is the, he, he's flat out said, this is America's last chance. This is the last thing, and we'll be involved in that, that, that I'm, that I'm going to do. And um, we need to really pray, because he's believing for a mighty outpouring and a mighty revival to hit America this fall, and we need to pray. I know Rodney Howard Brown's back down in Lake, 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 Florida. Lake, Lakewood, Lake, Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland, Florida again. And you can get him on TV. You ought to watch it. Um, if you have, um, so I think it's Christian Television Network. It's called Great Awakening. But everything, there's going to be some big things happening this fall. There's going to be some good things. There's going to be some bad things. Thank you, Lord. I'm on your side, you know, and we need to just really, we need to be ready, prepared, and together. That's all I can say to move forward, to know your word like you've never known it. You don't know who's going to sit down at your feet. I was shocked. I was like, they're just sitting here and you don't know who's going to sit at your feet. You might have them come into your desk at, at work and sit down and want to know, what do you know? What do you know about the Word? Why are you so calm? God has been given every person that, that goes to this church that's born again an anointing to go forth in the power of God and set the captives free. You have Jesus Christ in you wanting to minister through you and setting the captives free. And trust me, he is doing that. Okay, let's go for it. Um, We've got the Chronicles, which says, If my people who are called my main name shall humble themselves and pray. Second Chronicles. What? Second Chronicles. That's right. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then they'll hear from heaven and I will heal their land. So I think he's calling on the church to change. Amen? Dig out the big flashlight and
put it in there and go, okay, what's what I need to change, God? You know, like you said at the beginning, there's our nation. Our nation is in turmoil. Uh, there is divisions on everything. And I would say to each and every one of us that we are blessed and fortunate to live in small communities. Yeah. Because in large communities is where the ruckus is going to take place. Uh, Praise God. <laughs> one, you know, they're, they're taking corn, which is something to be a food, and they're making a fuel. So it's taking away from, eat, you know, something that we can eat and, and put in something to gas. And But our country, it, the way things are going, the, the farmers aren't allowed to produce X amount of stuff. Because if they do, they, they're fined. So they only produce X amount. And so things are going to be real bad. It's, it's, you're going to have to really be led by the Spirit, is what Pastor's trying to say. You understand that? Don't put certain things in your car unless you know what it is. You know, I mean, we need to be, if God says don't do this, don't, he means it, don't do it. Just keep on moving forward. Anyway, then things are going to be real good also. And it depends on what side you're on. And my plan for this church is to be on this good side. Amen. So praise the Lord. Okay, you're going to continue on. Okay, here. then we go to uh, Ezra. The last, oh, pardon me, the last one from Second uh, Chronicles is uh, chapter 7, verse 14. That's what she quoted, if my people. Now, the book of Ezra is the return of the Jewish exiles from Babylon to Jerusalem. Um, God uses whoever suits his purposes, and you find out that uh, uh, Ezra was given permission to go back and to uh, rebuild. The, these are foreign kings that oppose, oppose uh, quote, godly standards, and, but they're told to go back and do things. So... Then we go to the book of Nehemiah. Of course, everybody knows about Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, uh, brick in one hand and mortar, <laughs> uh, brick and, uh, and mortar in one hand and a sword on the other, in the other. Uh, they had fierce opposition. So anything that you are trying to build in your life for God is going to have fierce opposition. You better know the word of God. You better have a shield, but you better continue to build, but ready to protect what you're building. People are not going to want that. You have something there? I will. On this one? Yeah. Okay, well. I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, God gave me a scripture the other night. I've ne I'd never seen it before. Turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 1. I was I got so excited in the bed on my iPad that I think I woke Pastor up. Where you sleep? Have you ever read this, dear? Second Thessalonians chapter one. We'll go down to um, here. He says, "Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ." 
Verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all towards each other aboundeth. So we ourselves glory in you, in all the churches of God, in your patience and faith, in all your persecutions, in all your persecutions, and the tribulations that you endure, which is a manifested token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. I wouldn't want to be troubling any of you. You ever seen that before? Let, that's why God says, let him do the... Vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. And he goes on to say, which is manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy in the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, seeing it is the righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them who trouble you and you who are troubled. Rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. So right now we are walking into a place if people are going to harass you, God's going to deal with it. So just zip your lip. As Jesus did in, in Peter, he counted, he turned it over to God who judges righteously and fairly. But there is about to become a turnaround real quick. Trust me. You're going to go, Wow. What happened to that person? But you've got to keep this straight and narrow. Because there's, there's about ready to be some judgment from God on those that are harassing those that are doing His will and His work. Okay? So, let's move on to your next. Because Nehemiah, if you read the book of Nehemiah, while well, he's rebuilding that wall, like Pastor said, he's got brick and mortar and a sword. Who won? Sanibal didn't, that's for sure. Okay, go ahead. Okay, then we, the next book after Nehemiah is what? Don't you say? Esther. <laughs> <laughs> you got it written before you this way. Okay. I had book. to do this at school, remember? Remember that? We had to take a test on all the books of the Bible. Okay, anybody know what book of Esther is about? It's about a Jewish girl that became a queen. Okay? Queen of the Persian Empire. The strongest empire at the time. And she brought deliverance to the Jewish people from destruction. In other words, she saved a nation because of who she, she was called for such a time as that. We're called for such, for such a time as this that we're in. Women, don't ever underestimate your power that God can use through you. Seriously. Take all that for, that you have for good and let God move through you to change things. I'm men also, but this woman, 
I mean, it took guts to do what she did, but God was with her, like her uncle told her. If you don't do it, God will raise someone else up to do it. And some of you right now are put in positions that you're, you kind of would rather like to say, well, gee, I wish someone else would do this. Step but, up to the plate. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be the you know, third person called. I want to just do it and let's, let's do it and get it over with. Amen? Okay, here we go, your poetic books. The poetic, there are five poetic books uh, following uh, the history books. The book, uh, Saw, Pro, Job, pardon me, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, and Song of Solomon. Um, these poetic books relate to Israel's spiritual life. Um, Wisdom includes the skill in living and, and observation, the application of knowledge from their point of view. Job. There's blessings through sufferings. There's a need for God. Because uh, if you're suffering and you don't have God, that suffering is terrible because all you do is complain. <laughs> You find out who your friends are. <clears throat> so we have to uh, know that it's not God that's causing us to go through the trials. It's the devil. But it's, uh, we are allowing the devil to get the upper hand over us. Okay, So there's a need for God in understanding. The book of Psalms. Um, it talks about praise through prayer. In other words, there's a need for communication or communion with God. That's what Psalms is all about. You look, you look at David crying out all the time to God. Um, so the there's a need for communication and, and communion with God. The book of Proverbs uh, is, uh, is prudence through Precept, the need to apply wisdom at the proper times. Uh, <laughs> something that uh, we all can call upon. The book of Ecclesiastics. Truth versus vanity. There's a longing for satisfaction. Ecclesiastic tells us there's a longing for satisfaction. And you only get satisfied when you have God's word. Can I share? Go for it. You see in Ecclesiastics where Solomon started to fall. This you know, is one, true. one minute he's saying one thing, and the next minute he's saying, and then you're kind of like, you know, what, what's, I remember when I first read the Bible, I started in Genesis, what is this? You know, <laughs> but you see that he's starting to really lose it. That's what happens when a believer starts to backside, start to le lose their knowledge of the word. It doesn't come out like it should. It's not, it's not what it should be. It's not what it was before. It's the scariest place to be in. That's when the enemy can come in and just start picking away. Hallelujah. And some people lose it all. 
-hmm. Song yeah. of Solomon. Song of Solomon is the blessing of union. That's talking about a young man's love, young woman's love. Okay. Three primary periods of the poetic lit literature were the patriotic uh, period. That's when Job was, uh, uh, was written about 2000 B.C. Uh, David's period, the Psalms, uh, is about 1000 B.C. And then Ecclesiastics uh, was uh, Solomon, the old man's sorrow, um, <laughs> 950 B.C. <coughs> okay. Uh, we're going to close up with these. I didn't get that all these. I didn't think it was going to go this fast this morning. Oh, I'm um, going to go with some stuff. Five book. Then the, the next comes the five books of major prophets. These are Jer uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. The term major refers to the length of the books, not the importance of the books. Okay. Um, a true prophet was called and equipped by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to perform his job, to speak God's message, confront people with sin, warning of coming judgment, and the consequences of God's people refusal to repent and obey. Prophets also brought a message of hope and future blessing. Old Testament, listen to this, Old Testament believers relied upon the prophets for direction and leadership. Today, many Christians are seeking for prophets, quote unquote, to tell or lead them. Again, through ignorance of the word, they fall pray to this. So please turn with me to the book of Romans. Chapter 8. It's written to believers, is it not? Romans is book written to the book of believers. From the King James. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. From the Amplified. Verse 14. For all who are led of the Spirit of God are sons of God. Okay. As a child of God, we are led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit is given to enlighten, to quicken, to strengthen, to guide New Testament believers... We must learn to know and trust upon the Spirit of God. So we don't really need prophets individually. Uh, I personally know of individuals who have received uh, words from, quote, prophets, mm. and their lives have become total confusion with disappointments, despair, despondency, and then full-blown anger. And now they're dead. Well, I'm not saying he's dead. Oh, but a lot of them are. There are prophets in the land today, but they're, they're not here to coddle to your needs. What did we read here? A true prophet was called and equipped by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to perform a task to speak God's message, confront people with sin, 
warn of coming judgment and the consequences of God's people refusal to, to repent and obey. Amen. It's not the, well, you are da-da-da-da and you're going to be, da, and that's not it, okay? Can I be honest? Go for it. When the prophet comes, you're going to know it. I'll be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out here right now. I don't know of any right now. A true prophet that has not missed it. Okay? I'll just bluntly say it. People can agree, disagree, whatever they want. But a prophet will never miss it. But when the prophets come, you're going to know it. They will dot, 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 dot. And they're going to be right on. There are many that operate in the gift of prophecy. But I do not know a true prophet. Even Brother Hagen did not call himself a prophet. Okay? And so that's me. You can take it or leave it. But when they come, they will do exactly what Pastor just said. And I haven't seen one yet. If you want to see what the prophets are, what a prophet's going to operate, find out what the two prophets <laughs> in the end times, after the rapture, will do. I don't think you want to meet those two prophets. If you're still here for that, there's something wrong. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Okay. You weren't listening to the voice of God. You were looking to, to a prophet, and that's not the one you want to listen to. That's just me. I, you know, I've heard of all these prophets that call themselves prophets, but I know of times they've missed it, and according to the word of God, a prophet will not miss it. If they do, they should be stoned. Okay? S people can operate in the gifts of the Spirit with the gift of prophecy that is totally different. But a prophet will never miss it. Never. Never, ever, ever. Okay? So, can I go on mine now? Go for it. Dun, we'll dun, 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 dun. Are you done? Next well, no, you want to finish? Go no, ahead. No, finish. we'll pick this up next week because I don't have the... Yeah, I see that. Okay. That All right, there. now, my turn. Okay. Let's turn to Second Peter uh -oh. 1, not 1 through 9. And I'm not going to be long, I don't think. This is on our faith. Hallelujah. We're going to go to Second Peter 1, 1 through 9. And we need to build our faith. And how do you build our faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. That's how faith cometh. Remember when they said, Jesus, increase our faith? How many can remember what he told them? Go ahead, honey, tell them how I did this out of here. Read the word. Read the word. Yeah, that's the truth. Okay, First Peter 1, 1 through 9. 1, 1. Peter, an apostle and special messenger of Jesus Christ, writing to the elect exiles and dispensations scattered so to broaden Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who were chosen and foreknown by God the Father, and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be 
obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with his blood. May grace, spiritual blessing, and peace be given you in increasing abundance, that spiritual peace to be realized in and through Christ, freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. This is for us. Hallelujah. Praised, honored, blessed be God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach and change and decay, imperishable, unsullied and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, who are being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith, do you fully inherit the final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time? This is ready to be revealed and is being revealed now. You need to realize this. We are in the last days. There is revelation knowledge that is coming forth now. Hallelujah. I, I think it's exciting to be living in, this, in these days. You should be exceedingly glad on this account through now. Through, though now, for a little while, you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is in infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire, this proving your faith is intended to rebound to your praise and honor, which Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, is revealed. All right, let's see. I just went to 1 Peter 1. I'm sorry. Now we're going to go to 2 Peter 1. Are you ready? Sorry about that. Okay. This is how what we're going to expect. And we're going to go to verse 3. Because he always says, grace and peace be multiplied. By his divine power, well, let's go to two. May God's grace, favor, and peace, which is perfect, well-being, all necessary, good, and spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears, and agitating passions, and moral conduct be multiplied to you in full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Do you notice that he keeps saying this? Why? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He wanted them to realize this is who you are and this is what is promised to you and this is what you're expected to receive and have. Amen. So get it. For his divine, divine power has bestowed upon us, all of you, all things that are re requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and by and to his own glory and excellent virtue. By means of these, he has bestowed upon you, and you might want to write some of these down that has been bestowed upon you because maybe you're lacking in these right now and you need to realize these have already been bestowed upon you. They are yours to, yours to grab. So grab them this morning. Hallelujah. Open your Bible and, and don't get tired. Just get with it. Amen. Okay. Exceeding great promises that through them you may escape by flight the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, partakers, 
of the divine nature. For this very reason, adding to your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellent resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, virtue develop knowledge, intelligence. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. And in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness and piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For all these qualities are yours. All these are yours. Hallelujah. That's exciting to me. We don't have to be ugly. We can, all these are ours. They're already ours. We don't have to be rebellious. Amen. I lost my place. All these are yours and increasingly abound in you. So they are increasingly abounding in you. They're yours and they're increasingly about you inside of you in your spirit. There are things going on. It's like, um, how many of you have ever been to Disneyland and watched the fireworks show there? All this is going on inside of you. Every time you read the word, every time you speak the word, every time you obey the word, there is something supernaturally going on inside of you by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is ready to come out. And when it does, you're going to go, whoa, and so are others. But you got to let it out. You've got to first take this, believe it, and let it increase. So it says it's... it's, it's are yours increasing abound and they keep you from being idle and unfruitful under the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is ever increasing in you. Okay, let's look at this. <clears throat> you have faith. Your knowledge of God increases grace and peace. The power of God helps you to live your life in victory. His promises help you to become like him and to steer clear of worldly ways. Now, because of these things, be diligent. Since you have faith, adding the following ingredients, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. If these seven things are in you, and they are increasing, you will be fruitful, not barren. You will be fruitful, not barren. If you lack these qualities, you will be blind, and you have left your first love, forgetting the forgiveness that you received at the beginning of your walk with God. Remember, church, sitting here in front of me, you're not the only ones listening to this, okay? I want to instruct the remainder of this message in a very simple format. Since you have faith, add moral excellence. Since you have a relationship with God, be a person of character. Character is the reality of who you really are and what you really do. Many of you have heard the old quote that goes like this. Your idea is what you wish you were. Your reputation is what people say you are. Your character is what 
is what you really are. Or, if you sow a thought, you reap an act. If you sow an act, we reap a habit. If we sow a habit, we reap character. If we sow character, we reap a destiny. This is a promise to us. If we sow these things, if we receive these things, and we sow these things, we keep receiving and reaping more. That means that as you act upon these things and you become doers of the word in these things, God keeps adding to you super abundantly above more than you could ever ask, think, or desire. That means you go to a car lot, you look at something that you think that you really couldn't afford, and God supernaturally puts it into your hands. You, you're believing for a home or whatever. You look at your checkbook and you go, I could no, no way, but God supernaturally automatically brings you over to the other side and says, no, I love you and I give this to you because you are my child. You have family that do not know him yet. Because of, your, because of these standards that you've set up in your life, and God is increasing these in you, God is moving on, on their behalf for you. You might not see it, but he is doing it. I promise you. I mean, I've spent some nights praying, and the Lord showed me things that you will see your family turned around. Don't concern yourself with it anymore. Place them in God's hands and let him do the work. He did it with you. Amen? I don't even want to talk about me. <clears throat> please, please don't tell me that you want to grow in God, love God and serve God, and then don't avail yourself to every training opportunity that you can possibly attend in this church. This includes men's ministry, Wednesday night, Sunday services, youth meetings. It's up to us. Amen? That means we all go, okay, Lord, I can be on time for my job, then I can be on time for church. I can be on time, I can be on time in this area, then I'm going to be in time, on time in this area for you, God. Amen? I'm going to watch you perfect all that concerns me. And trust me, every little thing that concerns you, God has a wider scope of that, and he knows exactly what are the desires of your heart, and he knows exactly what is going to fulfill you and make you happy. And let me tell you, church, he's already out there preparing it for you right now. Let your imagination go wild in the word with God. Let it go wild with God because God wants to take you places, show you the supernatural, show you what he has for you so you can be blessed. This is the period of time that people are going to cry out and sudden destruction will come, become upon the land. But he will have a group of people, and he always has, 
that knows how to walk by faith, be obedient, and people are going to run to them and want to know, how did you do it? How are you doing it? Well, Jesus, of course, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So study these scriptures. Hosea 4, 6, pastor said, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. You will not be destroyed in this church for an act if you come here for a lack of knowledge. I guarantee it. The day that happens is the day I retire. Because the word will be number one in this church. And worship will be number one in this church forever. I, I promise you that. We will always be word of faith. No matter if there's no one else it is, we will be. I'm done. Perfect timing. <laughs>